It's time for class. Civics just doesn't begin and end on election day. This is Sunday Civics, the home for the civically engaged with political strategist L. Joy Williams on Sirius XM's Urban View. Welcome to Sunday Civics, the home for the civically engaged. I'm your host, your civics teacher and neighborhood political strategist L. Joy Williams coming to you from Los Angeles, California. I'm actually in LA for the NAACP Image Award weekend. And I talked about this in the weeks leading up. It was so incredibly, it was an honor being nominated, Sunday Civics being nominated in the Outstanding News and Information category. Unfortunately, we did not win this year, but it's not platitudes to say that I feel honored to be in the same category as the History Channel, as iHeartRadio, as PBS and WNYC, who were in the category for the Outstanding News and Information podcast. And although I was not successful this time, we coming for you next year. So we have some great conversations coming up over the next year. And it's not just to win the award, but it's continuing to step up the game here at Sunday Civics to bring interesting guests, conversations, and more importantly, to teach those of you who are listening about civics in the civic engagement space and how you can take civic action locally. Now, later in the show, Juanita Lewis, who's the new executive director of Community Voices Heard, will join us and we'll talk about member-led grassroots organizing and their program, Follow Black Women. Speaking of Black women, History was made with the nomination of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, who became the first Black woman to be nominated to the Supreme Court. If confirmed, Judge Jackson will be the first Black woman to serve on the court. She would be the fourth person of color and the sixth woman among the 115 justices who've served throughout the United States history. This is a promise made by President Joe Biden during the presidential campaign, and the administration has consistently signaled that he planned on keeping this promise. But although he made the commitment and dozens of Black women's organizations and thousands of voters advocated for this nomination, Judge Jackson herself deserves all of the accolades for leading an exemplary career and her hard work and dedication is what made this moment possible. So we look forward to following her confirmation process and congratulations to her and to a life and a career that is outstanding. And there's a lot happening in national and international news for that sake. It's all setting the stage for an interesting State of the Union address that's coming up this week. The national news folks, cable news folks will be looking for President Biden to continue to speak upon his comments earlier last week about Putin invading Ukraine. But what will he say about the daily lives of the American people, some of whom are still struggling coming out of the COVID pandemic and certainly those who were struggling before? What tone will he set as we turn full face to the midterm election cycle? Everyone is expecting Democrats to fail because that's normally what happens. Traditionally, the House swings against the sitting president to the opposing party. And I'm not ready to concede that. But I am also not thinking about this in terms of 
winning for the party or losing the party losing. I'm actually thinking about the people, the us. If we're planning to get out in these streets and fight like hell in this midterm election cycle, I need you to join me and focus on the people. And if we're going to engage voters, register voters, activate them to show up and take action at the polls to get engaged locally and nationally, that is what we need to focus on in order to actively motivate people to take action. I, I need us to focus on what having principled elected leadership will mean for families who are struggling, the people experiencing homelessness and need housing, the communities who need investment in their infrastructure, the jobs with livable wages that need to be created. Those are the issues that will move people to make voting a priority. You can't go to people in doors just, we need to help Democrats win. It's just, okay, but why and how? <laughs> and what is it in, in it for me? Like helping Democrats win sounds like something I need to give of, of my time and resources to help somebody else, quote, where in, in reality, we need to focus the conversation on how do we help us win? How do we help us get to better livable jobs? How do we help us get to a better healthcare infrastructure? How do we help us get to a better education for our children? Like we need that kind of investment, those kinds of conversations. I want to actually move people to making voting a priority because they want to get to that step, not just to help somebody win and put a win in their column, help a consultant make money and all that kind of stuff. Like we need if you're going to move people, we have to tell people that there is something in it for them, that their condition, their livelihood would change for the better. And that is what you lead with when you're trying to engage people in an election. So. We're going to take a break here and we'll be back. As I mentioned, we have Juanita Lewis from Community Voices Heard. who will be joining us at the front of the class. So we'll take this break and we'll be right back with more of Sunday Civics. All the wahala, all the problems, all the things that you think that you must do to start in this world. Like when the teacher, schoolboy and schoolgirl come together. Who is the teacher? I go let you know. Who is the teacher? Welcome back to Sunday Civics. I'm your host and civics teacher, L. Joy Williams. And joining me at the front of the class to discuss organizing on the ground, from the ground up, like started from the bottom, now we here, kind of organizing situation, um, is Juanita O. Lewis, who is the new executive director of Community Voices Heard. Even though she's new to the position, she's not new to the organization. I think she's been there over a decade. We'll get more into that <laughs> later. But she's the new executive director and she's spearheading a new campaign that I want to introduce to all of you called Follow Black Woman. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the front of the class, Juanita. Hello, Eljoy. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So we're going to try to keep, we're going to try to contain this conversation because we have like a whole lot that we could talk about, including like, you know, our pre-conversation, we could do a whole other <laughs> right. conversation on like, you know, everybody tells black women to like relax and, you know, do stuff. And it's just like, but we, but we don't know how, no. So exactly. you gotta, <laughs> you gotta send us a manual on <laughs> <laughs> yes. how to do that because I'm, I'm unclear. <laughs> so. 
So, so give me the work to actually learn how to. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so Juanita, we're going to start with you where we start with every guest by you sharing mm -hmm. the story of your first civic action. Ooh, my first civic action. That would have to be when I decided to run for city, not city council. Woo, that was, <laughs> woo, leap years. Actually, when I ran for student council back in elementary school in fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade, it was me and like two other boys um, from the fifth or sixth grade class. And, you know, I just said I wanted to run. I didn't know really what it meant. To, to run for student council, except I wanted to see better lunch options. And I think just because I was highly verbal in class and always had an opinion, different people would say, oh, you should run for, for student council. You should be, you know, you'd be a great voice for students, all of that. So I ran and I won. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. No idea what it meant. <laughs> um, but it was like my first step into like learning about things that were happening in the school or just issues that were around me that I wanted to see changed in some way. And I just thought having to be like the president of the council, it would allow me to, to do that. And then that translated down the road into me running for student council in, in high school and getting involved in a lot of community activities when I was in school that ended me all the way up to becoming an organizer with ACORN back in my home state of Minnesota back in 2004 and working there and then starting to work on campaigns for a good five years and then finding Community Voices Heard on Idealist back in 2009. And was just sold on the work that CVH was doing. It was member-led, it was majority black and brown folks, predominantly women. They were talking about issues that were important to me around housing and, and access to jobs and how do we get people engaged in voting and in elections. And I was sold. I applied, the interview was done by members of the chapter in Yonkers. And when they were asking me questions, and I had never been through an interview like that before, they were asking me questions on, what's your vision of social justice? Do you think you're going to stick with us for a long time? Or is this just a couple of years for you? My favorite question was, how stubborn are you? Because our other organizer was really stubborn. So you're going to be stubborn too? And I was like, yo, my parents are West African. Like, I know nothing but stubborn, right? <laughs> like, I am going to be stubborn but I want to be able to build something with you all and something that turned out to be something I was down to do for a couple of years and see what happened has now turned into my full blown, I wouldn't even say career. It's my passion, my vocation to now to be able to lead this organization that I found on Idealist 13 years ago and came in as the organizer to now be able to lead it is like truly an honor and, and a blessing. And all of that started because I decided to run for student council back in like elementary school. I love this story. We've had so many guests who've been on the show and talk about their early interests, you know, whether it was lunch options or the differences in how boys and girls are treated in the classroom mm -hmm. or sports. There was some impetus in school, you know, that compelled them or a teacher telling them you should run for student council and be a voice. 
and then fast forward and now they have passions where they were able to organize and continue to work with folks still in that social justice vein. So, you know, you're in good company <laughs> with tons of folks who who made that decision. I, on the other hand, have the opposite where I like, I always tried for something and then got excluded and then I created it myself. Oh, um, and, you know, so the way me and God is set up is just like, I then end up crying about not being accepted. And then he'd be like, that's not, that's not your ministry. Like, right. <laughs> like we, we've been through, we've been through this road before you get excluded for something, then you right. create something that's more successful than the thing you try to get in. So like, right. Why we do this all the time. <laughs> so I appreciate like we, you, you know, the role, like let's, this is like, I don't yeah. understand how, how, how we end up here all the time. So for, and, and you name dropped a couple of into one shout out to idealist. I've many a jobs on idealist mm-hmm. and, and two <laughs> to acorn. Oh my God. You just reminded me, I'm going to have to do a whole yeah. show on acorn from there, but let's talk about community voices heard and specifically mm-hmm. what the work that CVH does. Yes, so Community Voices Heard is a 28, soon to be 28-year-old community organizing group. We have four chapters in New York State, so in New York City, in Westchester, Orange and Dutchess counties. And our organization originally was founded as an organization that really focused on the welfare reforms that were happening in the 90s. And the group of mothers that came together to say, you know what, we're tired of people making decisions about what should happen with our lives without taking us into consideration, without talking to us. And we don't, we want to be able to to activate that real change. We want to be able to fight for policies to see those changes from our experiences. And because of those brave women, CVH was founded and grew from um, not just focusing anymore on, on on social safety net issues, right? We're still doing that, but including what does it look like to have truly affordable and accessible, healthy housing, whether you're living in public housing, in private housing, or also thinking about home ownership, right? When we talk about the the wealth that was taken away from black and brown communities and how do we start to rectify those wrong and fighting for those policies. And then looking at different opportunities around access to jobs. So all the way from raising wages to including those that were excluded, like formerly incarcerated folks, right, to what kind of work is valued and seen. And then how does that translate into having communities have a real say in what happens in their neighborhoods and communities? So having a participatory democracy lens for all of our work. And of course, all of that being connected by how do we show up and operate in elections and not just about voting for a candidate, but how do we in, how do we continue learning about, you know, my favorite civics 101. My dad's a retired college professor and always about the learning, right? <laughs> civics 101, who makes the decisions? How do we start to Im- impact them, those in those decision-making roles to see changes in what we want to see? And so a lot of the work around our organizing, our leadership development, our base building, all of that is what we focus on at, at CVH. And so super excited about all that. Fun. You know, that's one of the things I, I want to stay right there for a minute and talk about the organizing work because organizing has entered popular political culture since Barack Obama's presidency. And for a long time, folks were able to 
you know, organizing wasn't sort of this sexy thing that everybody wanted to get into and also name dropping and putting on their resume. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, now it was just like, I was an organizer with so-and-so and so, and it's just like, mm, where are you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or it was just that, that, that was just the title. And, and people underestimate that organizing is hard work. Yes. That, and particularly if you are organizing with people who are busy, who come from traditional marginal, marginalized situations, have, they are the impacted community. Just thinking about organizing in, in spaces where there's an environmental issue, right? So you're asking people, you're trying to organize with people who are directly impacted, mm-hmm. you know, either themselves or their kids by like lead paint or contaminated water and things. And you're asking them that have already been impacted, already the victim and suffering from this thing, you know, to learn, okay, here's who's in charge. Here's what I got to do on top of still making a living, still paying my bills, you know, still addressing that. That's hard work, you know, and and it's not like, you know, pick up a clipboard, you know, and hand out juice boxes, (laughs) you know, for people to sign sign a petition. There's a place for that. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's different than, working with people, working in embedding yourself in communities that are impacted and, and the, the knowledge and skills that you have to develop in order to do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is hard and there's no shortcut to it. Right. And I mean, you, you talked about it, right. You like a lot of our membership are, you know, our working class, low income folks of color, like mainly women. Right. And so asking them to come to a chapter meeting or a campaign meeting, you know, after a shift or they've got to, you know, figure out childcare, all those things. And, and it's, and it's been tough. Right. And I think that's why our organization is so, that's why CVH is so unique because we understand some of that. So when we were meeting in person, childcare was available, right? When we knew that someone needed transportation to get somewhere, they would get a Metro. So they're able to get back home from the meeting. Or we would have food at our meetings because we know they were meeting over dinner time, right? And then as we we wanted to practice more language justice, so we had interpretation. And so like those were the some of the things that we were trying to do at CVH to make sure that people felt heard and seen and included. And then on top of being able to say, trust us, right? And like, that's the piece, right? When you've already been, you already have mistrust, reasonably so because of all the things that have happened. And now you're asking someone to trust you who they're, they don't know. And they're starting to develop a relationship with around. So you're going to help us fight for better housing. No, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this together, right? It's not my job to do it for you. We're going to do this together. My role as organizer is to, you know, bring us together to do those different trainings, right? To build relationships, to be your mentor, your guide through this as we develop this campaign that's about lifting up our collective voice to take some action. And and sometimes people are like, yeah, that's nice. Catch me on the next one, right? And then mm-hmm. there are other, you're like, you're like, okay. But then there are, there are those who are like, okay, I'm going to be down with you for this cause. And it's yeah. like, it's those members that, I, I I take real offense when we're in meetings with decision makers, when they're dismissing their experience, right? Mm-hmm. Or or not listening to them. And I I when I first was organizing, right, I I feel like my my 
my face would always show my emotion. Cause I'm like, do you understand this woman just took off an hour of work to come talk to you about why this thing needs to change, whether it's, you know, the allocation of funds for, for public housing or for an affordable housing ordinance, whatever it is, the least that you can do is hear this woman's voice and acknowledge what she's talking about. But then when they don't do that, it gets people riled up. They're like, oh, okay, they don't get it. So now how are we playing in action? That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. so you mm -hmm. can get it. And, you know, there are multiple times I've had to tell people organizing is just not about the protests. That has a, a place and a space in the work, but that's not all, that's not all I do. It's right. one tool in the toolbox of many different options that one have. I was recently a couple of days ago on a call and, you know, the, the coalition immediately want to go like, we're going to do a lobby day and call out the folks not on it. I was like, wait, how, how we get to call out? And we didn't even we didn't even do our due diligence to determine like have a conversation of them. And like during the meeting, I happened to call the elected official and was like, is there a reason why you're on the bill? And it was like a technical issue. And I was like, so we would have done this whole like campaign yeah. of calling somebody out. Yeah. And we didn't have the conversation first. Yeah. You know, the piece, right. That the point is to have the conversation first and then mm -hmm. develop the strategy. Right. And, yeah. and, and talk about the ways that we want to engage these conversations and people understand that, and what's been fascinating to me, you know, organizing all these years is that when we talk about meeting with a council person, meeting with a state senator, just going to a meeting at city, a city council meeting, folks literally saying, oh, I didn't know I could come to this. Right. And I'm like, yo, you literally down the street, though. Right. Like, and you, you pay taxes. <laughs> this house. You pay That's taxes. yours. That's, That's yours. You. Right. Yeah. So you ask for a cup of water. You can go up the stairs. You can do whatever you want, right? Right, and so it's, and it's because we've been conditioned to think that those spaces are not for us. We are not supposed mm -hmm. to be there. And I always, and I said from day one, you know, once I became an organizer, is that every space is our space, right? We are going to, we're going to know the policy inside out because you all know the policy inside out. You're going to know who you going to know who does whatever, whatever. You're going to know all of it. And start and because there's already these ideas of who we are the moment we get in this room. Yeah. And then the moment you know more than the person who's supposedly or whatever, they're like, right. oh, oh, that's what yes, because yeah, this is serious to us. This is not a game. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's part of the reason why I started the show, because, you know, and I and I say this in terms of anytime I'm talking about developing the show overall is early in my career, like I would spend so much time, you know, convincing people know that you belong here. You have every right to ask this question. You have every right to demand this. Like you have every, you know, right to do this or, you know, as I'm sure you remember the, the, the pre-meeting that you would have with folks mm -hmm. like beforehand is just like, okay, this is what they got the power to do. This is what you yep. can ask for. This is whatever right. when we go into exactly. meetings. Yeah. Right. And, and it's part of the reason for the show is just like to change the attitude because this is, you, you have every right to participate. And, you know, you have every right to demand what you're demanding. Exactly. The other thing I wanted, you know, you to touch on briefly is organizing, as I mentioned, with folks instead of for folks. Mm -hmm. There are often times I know in my career, there's been like once or twice where I'm working for an organization or an entity and they're like, organize around this issue. And then you go and actually engage and talk with folks and they'd be like, yeah, we don't care about that. What yeah. we care about. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. is why. So mm-hmm. I know there's money for X and that they want me to like speak on X, but we not, we off that, we all Y. And, <laughs> right. Like, and being able to pivot yeah. and like a good organization would be like, okay, well, we have to pivot and shift to what the impacted community wants and engages and sort of being able to educate versus doubling down and being like, okay, this is what's, <laughs> you know, this is what the entity that's paying for it wants. Yeah, and, right. you know, we have to go this way. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard at times. Right. And the, the thing that I know that we sometimes would do at times was think about, okay, so what are they wanting? This, what is this thing that they're wanting us to organize around? Right. And then being able to have a conversation with members or leaders around like, here's this opportunity, <laughs> right? How does this feel? You know, this is, you know, do you see this connected to this thing? You know, I can see it connected to this as a way of talking about X. What are thoughts, feelings, what have you? And usually members are fine with it. Cause like, okay, so that's some extra money. Yeah, that's cool. But then we could, but we could still talk about our issue. And I'm like, actually, yes. <laughs> right. Like mm-hmm. it's finding a, it's finding a way of either making the connection or saying, we're just going to talk about this for a couple, like a little bit. Then we're going to pivot back to this other part because we have to be very clear. Like the impact of folks, our membership, whatever, really, 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 like this is the thing, but this is here just for a particular space opportunity, but it's not moving without having that conversation with members and and leaders, right? And I think like that's another, like a difference with CVH from other organizations, right? Like some other have different models of like membership engagement, but with us, we're just very clear that decisions like that go back to members. What does this look like if we talked about this, right? Or how can you see us talking about this? How do you see us engaging? And then being able to take that information back and talk to said entity and say, So this is how we can engage or not engage, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it works because, you know, and sometimes people are like, oh, okay. (laughs) You're finding out ways. And I think like it's just so important and critical to go back to base, right? Like I've always, I always learned that when I first started organizing, when in doubt, you always go back to the base. The base will not steer you wrong. Yeah. And, And even now in this new role, it's like, okay, let me go back to my board. That's mainly members. Let me talk to some folks. Right. Yeah. Engage how y'all think about some of this. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the that's the lesson. I think with, with CVH is like going back to base to have these conversations and, and then being able to go back. Like we're going to organize around this thing. And that's a different level of accountability. I've talked to about like when you have member based organizations, member based boards sort of working with folks, you feel a different level of accountability than something that, you know, you are the sole founder is, you know, revolved around you as an Mm -hmm. individual entity, your brand, and you feel like you can do what you want when you have people that you have to respond to, (laughs) you know, that you are working with. It's a different you know, it's a, it's a different level. And, you know, I I share the same thing, like, you know, even in the church world, right? Like if you found, if you found a church, right, there's a different level of accountability than the church hired you, (laughs) you know, like, you know, right. So, (laughs) And you feel like you own the entity. And so I feel that even in serving as president of an NAACP branch, Mm -hmm. you know, quite often people think, you know, I'm the dictator, I get to determine whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I still got members (laughs) that I have to respond to a board. 
Right. You know, and so that it's a different level of accountability just in how you operate in spaces and on particular issues that I think is a bit different than mm -hmm. individual personality driven yeah. organizing and work. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and it's interesting that you brought up the whole around like funding and, and different entities, right? Because, you know, we're a nonprofit and we get dollars from foundations, from individuals, what have you. And the, you know, our membership pays dues. Mm -hmm. And so we keep saying like the more individual members, individual donors, members, what have you, that's more, that's like more money that's coming in and it, that allows us to act differently, right? So clearly mm -hmm. when you're getting foundation money, you, you submitted a proposal, you've got deliverables, you have to do X things you committed to. Clearly with, with individual donors, you still have to do the same thing, but it's a little bit different, right? Because it, sometimes you turn down money based off of how they, how they want you to remove, how you, they want you to move in a, with around a particular issue. And you're like, no, we're just going to turn this down. But when you turn that down, you're like, oh, there's a gap. How are we going to fill said gap? And so, you know, what I'm definitely learning now in, in this role is like, how are we starting to build up individual donors? How are we starting to build those relationships, right? How are we starting to cultivate, you know, different type of foundation relationships, what have you, to, to keep the work going? So we're going to take a break here and we'll be back with more of Sunday Civics. How can it be? Welcome back to Sunday Civics. I'm your host and civics teacher, L. Joy Williams. And joining me at the front of the class is Juanita O. Lewis. So let's shift now to talk about Follow Black Woman. Tell us a little bit about that project, what the goals are, and you know how people can get involved. Just all of the things, because all everybody things. should follow Black Woman. I, I, listen, I'm a big proponent of it. <laughs> we are super excited about it. So this started about almost three years ago where we were just very clear, right, that Black women were always the deciding factor in major elections. And we wanted to move from just being like the mere decider in these, in these races to being able to shift and create and move narratives and policies and being able to engage the unengaged in, in the process of politics and, and not just around voting, but you know, being able to lobby on issues, being able to create a platform and being able to move in action in different ways and to even just talk about the different ways Black women are political. And so, you know, we launched the survey to survey Black women across New York State. And we are closing the survey now at the end of this month. So at the end of February will be the last time for people to fill out this survey because we want to be able to take the data that we've been able to get and then be able to do some even deeper dives into that. So we're able to have a full policy agenda and report of our findings. And you know, the top three issues so far that are coming up from the survey clearly is housing, education, and healthcare. None of those things are shocking. 
And clearly what we've seen in the pandemic, all those things have, have been exacerbated, right? And so now we get to go back and dig deeper into those results, have deeper conversations with the women that we've been able to engage with across the state, all the way from our town halls to our sister circles, you know, into our individual conversations, and then start to build this policy agenda and go back out and door knock around this. And so like the last, I want to say like the last town hall that we had uh, for Follow Black Women was last year during the mayoral races. And we were able to get over 500 Black women from in New York City to come on and and participate in this process, right? To, to have conversations or to have their questions answered by those who were running for mayor. You know, we are definitely wanting to do the same thing in this gubernatorial race. We want to definitely do the the next level of that with conversations with those that ran for city council last year and those that are running in other offices and being able to move from, you know, like these are the issues that we're, that we're caring about to be able to move to action around them. So I love this project. I'm, I'm super excited about how the project started under our, our previous executive director then and how we're continuing the work now. And super excited about like the Follow Black Women pin that we have. And I'm, I should have been wearing it right now, but not wearing it. And like swag that we have just because it's, we already know how vital it is to follow Black women because of all the things that are impacting us. If those things are actually starting to get addressed, that addresses some of the other ills for other communities. So it's a, it's an exciting project, exciting initiative, and definitely one that super excited that we're spearheading. Well, yeah, definitely. A couple of years ago, Higher Heights had done, we'd done some polling and some surveys in terms of Black women. And folks were surprised that the findings of education was a bit lower racism overall, like, because the way mm-hmm. that people ask the question, right? Like, right. So it's <laughs> like more of like, housing. So there's like racism and inequality is baked into all of these issues, right? So if we're talking about housing inequality, if we're talking about pay equity, both not only in a corporate space or in a salary, you know, in a annual salary base, but a per hour base, (laughs) like in basis in terms of, you know, folks in union spaces, still in people Mm -hmm. thinking that, you know, just because it's unionized means that, yeah, make, I can do a living wage. And it's like, "Mm, you know, depends on the industry, right? Like in what you are, (laughs) you know, and like where you are. And so being able to have like full-fledged conversations about, you know, what are really the issues at the top of a Black woman's mind, all stem to a Palka book all stem in terms of racial inequality, Mm -hmm. but it's not like, you know, I'm worried about my black set, you know, like it's not in that typical way that we're categorized. It's like, right. I would just like to live life. Here are the things that are impacting me from living that life. My housing situation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my income situation, (laughs) you know, being able to financially have a balance to raise my children, Mm -hmm. um, my health, right? Like, so like those basic things, things, you know, have an impact on my livelihood overall. And, you know, it was really interesting to see some, you know, surprise and raise eyebrows in the room Mm -hmm. when we were releasing that information. And it was just like, you just wanted to be like, you, you know, that black women are human, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. There's not like any different, not like all of our stuff is in like Calabash, 
jugs. Yeah, it's just like, you know, what's exciting about this project is, is to be able to say and start that narrative around Black women are not a monolith, right? We have different, ex- we have different expressions, experiences, all those things that come out in how we do politics. And it's not always the politics that you think is politics, right? Mm-hmm. So us sitting at a at a beauty salon and talking about something, that's political to us. Yep. Right? And so it's just like all of those things and being able to say, hey, you know, you know your party, you go to your PTA meetings, right? Yeah, I just go when I have to. That's political. Yeah. Right? And all and all of that. And you know, and and I'm sure you know this too, right? Black women are the like most registered, right? The highest level of the of those who are registered are black women, but but least engaged when it comes to like being able to like consistently go out and get involved in 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 politics, right? And so when we were pulling some numbers, we were looking at black women who hadn't voted in like the last three cycles, just to be able to get like a baseline of women to go out and and speak with a little bit more and. When we look at the numbers in New York State and all that, I'm like, if we, if once you engage Black women, the numbers were going up. And it's like, how are we, how are we being engaged is the question, right? Like, are you consistently engaging us? Are you having these types of conversations? Do we see a way for us to engage all those different things? And so it's, you know, it's, it's exciting and it's necessary. And women that we've met through this project have been like, this is just great. (laughs) Like, this is fun, you know, so... Yeah. Well, I want to pivot now to your leadership. So congratulations again. It's really always awesome to take someone who, you know, started with the organization in an organizing role and therefore being able to understand all different aspects of the folks working for the organization to now leading the organization. What would you say, you know, in your leadership and looking forward to your leadership in this moment in where, you know, being engaged in social justice work is, you know, it's waning a bit, but it's like part of a fad, I would Mm say. And, you know, we'll get to a point just in terms of the history and the cycle of how these things work, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. where it will be less, less and so, and it's not a marketing decision to have some kind of social justice angle, but mm-hmm. the work will still continue. Right. Mm-hmm. And even in this space where, you know, I have some frustration personally, where people still see you know, engaging in justice work and organizing as a marketing being down with the cool kids aspect rather than making concrete infrastructure change and how we are doing business in all aspects of Mm -hmm. our lives that will make a significant impact for people, for people who are stuck because of structural barriers in poverty, you know, in income inequality and hunger and homelessness, right? There, there are some things that are structural that is preventing people from moving. It's just not independent, like ingenuity or something that they're not doing. You know, there is a structure that is working as it was designed that we need to break. And I feel like there's a lot of people just being in meetings recently and sort of those larger, like be part of a coalition kind of thing. And I kind of sit there and I'm like, yeah, this is a, this is a PR thing. This is not... (laughs) Like really, how do we make 
structural changes to sort of free up the space for people to get in. I wonder now going to lead an organization in this landscape, mm -hmm. what are you looking forward to? What are, do you share that frustration? You know, are you putting in mind as your leadership looks forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I am definitely looking forward to our, our base building and leadership development work, right? And so, you know, once an organizer, always an organizer. And the reason why we do what we do is because it goes back to like our mission and vision is about shifting the, the narratives, right? To be able to transform communities, to be more equitable for our, for our folks, right? And, you know, being able to build those bases of people through deep relationships and, and identifying places where we can take collective action to be able to do that analysis to understand, well, who are the power players and why? And, you know, who, you know, understanding who makes what decisions and what do we need to do to shift or move or call attention to, and then being able to have that campaign plan or that campaign that, that moves that and calls all that out is something that is so critical that I just don't see going away. And that's not something that you necessarily can do in a, in a, in a marketing plan or strategy, right? And so that's why anytime when I talk about organizing, I'm like, I'm talking about the hard, non-sexy work, right? Like knocking on those doors is a big thing. Being able to have the infrastructure of like of organizers, the organizer trainings, the technology to be able to do that type of engagement is real. And then being able to have spaces and places for people to come in and sharpen those skills and, and being able to have access to those trainings where you can learn those skills and then try them out and do it in a safe container because you know what you're doing it in sake of. And that stuff isn't going away. Like, the, unfortunately, the, the structural changes that we want to see are going to take a lot of time, right? But the the thing that we are doing now and can start to do is to call those things out and start to build up those in, those incremental wins and successes that start to address those larger structural issues right what does it look like when we say tenant control what does that mean right that means that we need x these policies passed because of these reasons and we're going to do a b and c to get these things like being able to be in space with people to do that. And, and I feel like those are those places that, that CVH provides those opportunities and has, had, has had to shift because of the pandemic, right? So during now my, my six months in, as I'm starting to look at, we've doubled down on our, our development of organizers, right? And starting to put together our leadership, our leadership development school, which is the Ella Baker School for Organizing. The, the training program that I started under, like when we started, when I was still an organizer and where you learn the, the organizing basics, right? As the leadership development pipeline for, for, for leaders, being able to attract those who want to learn the, the art and the science of organizing in a safe place and being able to be coached and trained throughout the organization like that. I mean, clearly I'm a, I'm a example of that. I want to be able to have that for others that come behind me. So really investing in that type of development for members and staff is critical. And then being able to pay attention to like the, the technology that we need, 
What does it look like to have rapid response? What are the tools necessary to be able to get folks out for major action and then be able to follow up with them to engage deeper into the work? And so it's just being able to really focus on that over the the, the first part of my tenure because of the importance of it. And, and realizing that, you know, organizing has its, its moments, its ebbs and flows, its various seasons. But, you know, at the end of the day, real systemic change in order for it to happen has to happen with those who want to take collective action that have this righteous anger to see something different. And I just don't see that changing, right? And that doesn't happen without people on the ground having those deep conversations and bringing folks together. Thank you for that. Where does Community Voices Heard organize? What is the footprint? So we are in all five of the boroughs in New York City. We have membership in Westchester County. So between Yonkers, Irvington, Peekskill, Ossining, and then in Orange County, mainly Newburgh, and Dutchess County in Poughkeepsie and Beacon. And in and in other places across the country or just in New York? We're just in New York State. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And I I always like to bring organizations up that do work outside of New York City because people outside of New York State Mm -hmm. believe that New York is just New York City. Sometimes people in New York City believe everything is focused. Right. I'm like, no, there's a whole big state. (laughs) It's <laughs> like you know, we go all the way up to Canada, right? Like there's, like there, there are people there. It's not just, it's just, it's just not just mountains. <laughs> like there are people, that, right. there are people that right. actually live there. Black people too, and Latinos, like all over across the, like all across over? the state, right. all all kinds of people uh, that live in the state. You should learn about us. Like you right. know, we do more. We're, than, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. You know. Yeah. So, and it, it's interesting in, in in talking about people of color everywhere across the country. There's a black woman running for office in Alaska, and someone was like, mm. Alaska, and I was like, Yeah, Alaska. <laughs> too. Right. You know, just yeah. like every, everywhere, <laughs> you know, we could be because you know where humans are. In <laughs> case you. I'm unclear right. again that we're humans. So it's just that. <laughs> yeah. So for you know, you talked about getting in touch as, as it pertains to the project on follow black women. Mm-hmm. How can people get more involved in community voices heard? Yeah. So you folks can go to our website, which is www.cvhaction.org. And then from there it talks about like upcoming projects of the different offices we have, and then just numbers to be able to reach out to the various organizers in, in the organization. So to be able to reach out to Community Voices Heard, it is www.cvhaction.org. Great. Well, Juanita, I want to thank you so very much for taking thank the time you. to speak with us and sharing yeah. your brilliance and information. We hope to stay in contact. Uh-huh. And maybe next time you bring with you some of those members so they can talk about from their perspective, yes. actually yeah. organizing. I think that yeah. would be a great, great thing yeah. just to hear from folks who are organizing, who are directly impacted and the work they are doing to yes. lead in their communities as well. Definitely. No, definitely. Great. I would love to do that. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for making it to class this Sunday. We'll be back next Sunday with more of Sunday Civics, those civics lessons you need to take civic action. Have a great one.
morning and make a 